And a warm welcome to Afternoons with Bill Arnold. I am the Bill Arnold part of that sentence. I am so happy and excited. I have Mary Cassian in studio. Her website is marycassian.com. And Girls Gone Wise, Spiritual Smarts for Life and Love. And she's going to be in town this weekend uh, having a seminar at Grace Church in Eden Prairie, Minnesota. Now, if you're in driving distance to Grace Church in Eden Prairie, Minnesota, gas up the vehicle and get over there. And I'm not kidding. This is Friday night and then uh, partly on Saturday as well. Mary, welcome. Thank you. Good to be here. Yeah. So Friday night goes till about what time? Friday night. Well, it starts Friday. There's a pre-session. Okay. For leaders. All right. So any women who are involved in leadership in any way at all. Uh, so I think that's at three-ish, four-ish. Yeah. And then in the evening, we have a session and we're going to go till we're done. And that'll be fun. That'd be great. All right. Let me take a short break just to get things started. And I'm going to open up the phone line or the text line, 877-933-2484. And I know you're going to have questions for Mary as this um, interview starts to happen. So 877-933-2484. We'll be right back. The great preacher Charles Spurgeon once said, Nobody ever outgrows scripture. The book widens and deepens with our years. How true that is. It is so important to learn and grow in our faith by getting into God's word every day. Faith Radio can help with that. Just go to MyFaithRadio.com and sign up for the verse of the day. You'll receive a daily email with scripture and encouragement. Or sign up through a web link by texting the word VERSE to 555-888. Keep growing in your faith with the Faith Radio verse of the day. Welcome back to the show. So glad to have Mary Cassian in the studio with a small entourage. I, it's my fan club. I can see that. Yeah. So uh, Mary's going to be in town this uh, weekend at Grace Church. And I think it's go to Grace Church at it's, Grace. Grace. Grace dot church forward slash gather. Yeah. You can get more information about mm-hmm. that. And Mary has written a number of books and is, is the right kind of strong your most recent book? Yeah. The right kind of strong, uh, spiritual habits of a, a spiritually strong woman. That is my book that we're going to be focusing on this weekend talking about what it means to be a strong woman. Yeah. Now the book says that there's seven habits. You talk mm-hmm. about seven habits between a woman being weak and a woman being strong. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Those habits are actually based on the habits, the bad habits in of a group of women who lived in Ephesus. And in Timothy, Paul calls these women weak women. And so when you unpack that verse in Timothy where he's talking about those women and take a look at what they were doing, they had some really bad habits and that's what made them weak. And if we want to be strong women, we want to turn those habits on their head and develop some really positive, good habits that uh, we can build some strength into our lives. Yeah, I know our listeners would love to be reminded of what some of those weak habits were. Mm. Well, one of the, the first ones was that these women tolerated creeps they, and, and creeps, <laughs> uh, creepy guys, but I think it was more than that. So uh, it, it, the verse says that there were these men who were creeping their way into their homes and these women were tolerating it. And they, they were false teachers in Ephesus and they were listening to false ideas and listening to all sorts of things that they ought not to have been listening to, but they were tolerating the creeps. And 
uh, when I say creep, and it, 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 the, the, actually the verse says that these, these guys these were worming their way in and creeping their way in, some of the, some of the translations say. So when I say that, I mean it's something that encroaches very slowly but a little bit at a time, and it's a negative influence. And so these women were putting up with that. And I think that that's something that's easy to do as women, um, as men also, but I think I think you know it's easy for us to just let something slide, let something slip. Kind of you know that TV show that we turn on and we see that the morals are kind of going down on it, but we kind of put up with it, and uh, and 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 but little by little those things creep into our lives and they can really cause a lot of damage. And I think a strong woman will stand up against those creeps. I love that, Mary. And it, it is, it can be a very slippery slope, can it? Mm-hmm. And it's not just, it's just not creeps for ideas. It's creeps in our attitudes and it's creeps in our behavior, creeps in the way we think, creeps in the way we act. And, I, you know, I have seen so many marriages break down. And if you talk to somebody whose marriage has broken down or a relationship has broken down, you ask them, well, what is it that went wrong? And they can't exactly even put their finger on one big thing because it wasn't one big thing. It was a lot of little things. And I think that if if we allow bad attitudes to creep in and we don't, you know, check those attitudes right up front and and stop them and stop those creeps uh, we can start you know having more and more problems in terms of our relationship and see our marriages go down downhill instead of being strengthened and deepened as as we wish all right um i want to make sure the listeners get a chance to ask questions uh, for mary uh, and it can be anything if you've read any of her books you know that i've got uh, quite a spectacular author in my studio right now and i want you to have access to her, 877-933-2484. Again, 877-933-2484. I want to talk about the event happening, too, at Grace, um, because there's uh, going to be a, uh, a lot of available seats in a church the size of Grace. Yeah. And let's try to get as many people there as we can. Yeah, so you can still register online. Uh, you can go to the website at grace.church forward slash gather or just show up at the door. Happy to, to invite you if you just show up and, and come join us. Mm-hmm. And if you have never been to Grace Church, I have to say it is a spectacular place. It's incredibly comfortable. It's beautiful. Have you been there yet, Mary? I have not been there. I'm okay. really looking forward to it. Yeah, you'll be blown away. It's, it's really spectacular. Mm. Yeah, so I want to let uh, you... Give me a question for Mary, 877-933-2484. And we'll take a short break, and when we come back, uh, lots more with Mary Cassian. Welcome back to the show. Mary Cassian is in studio. She's written a book called The Right Kind of Strong, Surprisingly Simple Habits of a Spiritually Strong Woman. She's going to be at Grace Church this weekend, and it's available for anyone who wants to go. So just uh, go to the website again, Mary. What you... <laughs> the website is grace.church forward slash gather. Perfect. You get all, all the information you want to. Mm-hmm. All right. Now, you gave us the first habit. 
Uh, let's maybe do a flyover and, and, and maybe you can give us an overview. Yeah, the second thing. Uh, let me just read the verse for you just, just to refresh the kind of our memories for what we're talking about. The, it's found in 2 Timothy chapter 3, verses 6 and 7. And Paul is writing to his protege, Timothy, and he's, he's speaking about this problem that's going on in Timothy's church. And it says, for among them, among these guys, are those who creep into households and capture weak women burdened with sins, always learning and never able to arrive in a knowledge of the truth. So if we unpack this passage, if we unpack these two verses, we can find out a lot of insight into why these women were weak. And the first one was that they tolerated the creeps. They let the guys creep into their homes. And the second one is it says that they were captured. And actually the word is sort of captivated. So and, and the word, the Greek word there actually has a, an element of psychological domination where these women were captivated and taken captive in their minds. So they were fascinated, they were enthralled, and they were taken captive by the ideas that these false, that these false teachers were pushing. Uh, do you remember a thing? Have you ever heard of Stockholm Syndrome? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Do you remember how that came about? Stockholm Syndrome was a bank in Sweden that was robbed. Yeah. And the the robbers went in took and they, hostages. they took hostages. Mm-hmm. They took them into the uh, into the vault. And something really, really strange happened is these hostages, by the end of their captivity, they were like very sympathetic. Mm-hmm to the, the their captors, the, the guys who were the bank robbers, who had been cruel to them. The evil ones. Evil mm-hmm. ones, mean to them. But these these hostages were sticking up for them and, you know, asking for their release. And uh, rumor had it that one of them even got engaged to one of them afterwards. <laughs> they raised money for their support, you know, for their defense, their trial. It was like they were brainwashed. They were just totally taken in by these by these guys who were really mean to them, but nice to them too at the same time. So it's a Stockholm syndrome. And so I think that this is kind of like Stockholm syndrome happening in Ephesus in this verse here where the the women were taken captive and they were captivated and it's because they weren't guarding their minds and I think that's a big deal uh, for women we we tend to have our minds run away on us or our thoughts run away um, we have a lot of mental chatter that goes on all day and a lot of it isn't true and we're kind of telling ourselves things that aren't true we're believing things that aren't true and we're being taken captive, Scripture says, to the evil one, and we're not. Our, our thoughts are being taken captive, and these women—they uh, were having their thoughts being taken captive because they were weak and they were not strong enough to counter the uh, false ideas with truth. Mm-hmm. So, what would be some practical tips for taking our thoughts captive? Well, you know, we so many thoughts run through our day minds each day. Tens of thousands, I mean, psychologists say there's just, you know, and a lot of them just come. And they say actually that a lot of the thoughts that go through our minds each day are the same thoughts that went through our minds yesterday. Yeah. <laughs> and of those thoughts that, oh, a good... The, the the major percentage of them, something like eighty percent of them, are negative thoughts. You know, they're yeah. they're they're bad thoughts, or thoughts about ourselves, about our competence, about our future. And I think one of the the most important things for taking our thoughts captive is for recognizing the chatter that's going on, for recognizing the thoughts that are coming into our 
heads and that we're dwelling on and then taking that chatter and going, you know, um, that's not what the word of God says and countering that with scripture, countering that with what God says. So when those thoughts come in saying, you know, that's not what God says, I'm going to choose to believe truth and to counter that thought with truth. It is hard to be filtering out the negative thoughts because it is lather, rinse, repeat, isn't it? Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Every day. Yeah. So I appreciate that um, answer, uh, Mary, because there are so many messages we get from the world that women should be a certain way, mm-hmm. but you need to be a woman, a woman of God and stand for the truth of Christ. So you're, you're always hearing conflicting messages, aren't you? And our girls are inundated with messages from the time they are really, really small, you know, about that women should be brave, should be strong, should be competent, should be capable, that you need to be pretty. Uh, and, and then as, you know, get older and start uh, text messaging and, and the whole, that whole world where the internet starts uh, having influence on on the girls, and there are all sorts of messages about who they ought to be, how they ought to be, and messages that do hold some some truth. I mean, we we do want our girls to be strong, but the whole model for for strength that's upheld in culture often isn't in line with what uh, the Word of God says for strength. Mm-hmm. Rebecca, I know you're chomping at the bit, aren't you? Oh, I'm taking notes. <laughs> I know you are. <laughs> but you're chomping at the bit with a question. Well, I I am... The question's coming most to mind because I, too, struggle with this, and I have a 14-year-old daughter who's right in the middle of those later middle school years, uh, and she's all about identity. You know, who mm. am I? And, and the struggles of these big questions. So I feel the need not only to have these answers for me and walk them out in my life, but then for her because she needs to know, too, that how much God loves her and how that should impact her every day. And so maybe speak to those uncertainties because we do need to quiet out and and silence the negative voices that the lies that the world throws at us. How do we inundate ourselves in the truth when there have been those hurts in the past or those Mm. lies that we've taken in? How do we recognize those and get rid of them and exchange Mm. them for the truth of God about who we are? I think it takes some work, and I think it's a spiritual problem that needs a spiritual solution. The world will tell us that we can combat that, you know, the the negative self-chatter by just, oh, let's get positive and let's send ourselves some positive messages. And instead of believing the negative message, just counter that with your own positive message back at it. But I think that that, um, I've found and you've found, and I I think all our daughters would find also that that's probably not strong enough. That's not, this is a spiritual problem. And I think that, that if we are in a battle between good and evil, and if evil is trying to tell us lies about our character and about who we are and to drag us down, then we need a good dose of truth, but we need a truth that is founded and based Um, on the Word of God and breathed by the Holy Spirit. So I think that that it's one thing for for a young girl to go, okay, I'm feeling bad about myself. I got to tell myself good things. But it's a whole nother thing when you are able to teach your daughter, you are feeling bad about yourself. This is not what the God of the universe says about you. The God who created you, the God who threw the stars into space, the God who who knows everything about you, 
This is God saying this. And, and when you bring a spiritual truth, when you, when you bring that this is the truth of God, then there's, there's much more power in that truth. How does that matter, though, Mary, if I'm not being liked on Instagram? Well, and that's the hard thing, right? It's sometimes we, we're going to have to train our daughters where to, to build their identity. And, and the hard thing is that we're, the messages that they are getting is that their identity is founded on what other people say. And so what their girlfriends say on Instagram, whether their pictures are just as pretty. You know, I saw a girl the other day who was uh, doing a picture for Instagram, and I saw her snap about 14 or 15 before she got just just the right angle and the right light and the right sultry kind of look uh, that she was happy with so she could finally upload it. It must have taken her about five minutes just to, you know, snap, snap, snap until she saw the the picture that she thought was good enough to present to the world. Mm. And I think, uh, I think that we need to be educating our daughters that, you know, just, just that, that this is, this isn't even telling us lies. Instagram tells us lies because it presents everybody's good, best picture, best part. And it, it presents these images that sometimes are, are photoshopped and aren't even real. And what, what Instagram says about you is not as important, nearly as important, and not important at all when you compare it to what God says about you. Mm-hmm. One of your habits, uh, number four, is engage your emotions. I'd mm-hmm. love for you to talk more about that. Well, emotions are one of those things I think Christians tend to look at emotions and, and either um, elevate them where you're either following your emotions or squashing them and saying emotions aren't good. And I think God created us with emotions, and emotions are a beautiful thing. And God... Uh, gave us emotions. And when, when we look at emotions, we see that Jesus was one person who had these amazing emotions. I mean, he, fe- he felt sorrow and he cried and he laughed and he, he enjoyed life. And so emotions in and of themselves are a good thing. And I think we need to understand that. So squelching our emotions is, is not healthy. We need, we need to feel our emotions. And yet at the same time, we can't let those emotions be what drives us. You know, the, the emotions aren't the steering wheel. The emotions are the lights on the dashboard. They're giving us information about what's going on. They're giving us information about whether you know, our vehicles are healthy or, or um, working the right way. And they can give us some really good and important information. So it's important to engage our emotions, but it's even more so important not to be driven around by them. Mm-hmm. I always think of Jesus in the wilderness after 30 days of isolation and no food. He's tempted by Satan and Satan makes offers and he responds with, it is written. Mm-hmm. And he's not responding with his emotions. I believe he's responding with his thinking first. His thinking comes first. That's right. What he knows. And I think sometimes um, men, maybe more so than women, try to think analytically uh, and they always kind of go, well, women act emotionally, which just isn't true. But that's sometimes the way we think. Well, I think that the Lord wants us to bring all three into alignment. And and that's how he created us, was with mind, with our will, with our emotions, all the three working together. And yet when sin came into the world, that was fractured. And it was like it started pulling in different directions. So we can know the right thing to do. But we don't really aren't able to do it. Our wills, we can't engage our wills and we're having trouble with our emotions. Um, The women in Ephesus, it says they were led astray 
by various passions. So they were led astray by their emotions. And if we don't bring our minds in and start speaking truth to ourselves, our emotions can lead us in the wrong direction. Mm -hmm. I'd like you to say a little bit more about emotions because it's kind of a big deal. Um, So when... When a, a, a woman comes to you and wants some counseling and you can see that her emotions are just almost running way too hot, um, what is your first advice you'd give them, give her? Well, I think that we cannot get a hold of our emotions in the right way either until we are looking in the right direction, and that is Godward. I think that that when we're looking self towards ourselves and we're so... Um, embroiled in all these emotions that are so big um, until we are able to get our eyes and turn them Godward and see a God that is bigger than our emotions, we're going to have a hard time dealing with them. And then taking those emotions to God and just saying, being real about it and being honest and saying, God, this is what I'm feeling. This is how I am feeling this I'm, I'm and David was really good at doing this in the Psalms. He did it all the time. He said, you know, I am torn apart here. I am feeling really frustrated. I am feeling low. I am feeling just uh, like I can't cope. And, and he was so honest and raw and real with God about his emotions, but he took his emotions to God and in pouring them out to God and in turning them towards God and directing them that way, he got perspective on them and he was able to bring them in line eventually as he poured his heart out to God. He was able to bring them in line with the way God wanted him to think and then his emotions lined up at some point uh, at the you see that pattern in the Psalms where his emotions eventually line up um, with the way that God wants him to feel as well. Mm-hmm. I'm Mary Cassian in studio. She's written a book called The Right Kind of Strong, Surprisingly Simple Habits of a Spiritually Strong Woman. Let us know if you have any questions, 877-933-2484. She'll be uh, speaking this Saturday at Grace Church. Go to grace.church to learn more about that. We'll take a short break. We'll be right back in just a minute. I'm so happy to have Mary Cassian in studio. She's in town. You in Canada, Mary? I am. In Edmonton? Edmonton. Yeah. She's in town uh, this weekend uh, for a a full day at Grace Church in Eden Prairie. Actually, Friday night and Saturday. And that's for the leaders Friday night or is that for the public as well? That is for the public as well. We have a leadership session in the afternoon and then for the public in the evening and all day Saturday. Awesome. So give me a little idea uh, before we get back to our discussion as to what I would expect if I came to this event. 
If you came to this event... Well, you, I know one thing I would expect to be the only guy there. So, well, yeah. you will have... It's going to be girlfriend time. <laughs> it is a good... That's why would, I won't be there. <laughs> that's why you're not going? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, no, it's going to be a great time. Uh, it's a, a, an event for women, and there will be uh, good worship, and there will be some great teaching. There will be... We've got these amazing books, these journal books that everybody's going to be receiving. Mm-hmm. They're going to be able to look around at, at some vendors and some uh, books books that are presented there. And then I'm going to be teaching several sessions and there's going to be a panel. Uh, and we're going to be talking about what it means to be strong and how you can become a strong woman. And not just a strong woman, but strong in the right kind of way. Because culture is always telling us to be strong women. I mean, we're told constantly, we just need to go to the movies and see, you know, the women, you know, with their five inch spike heels and mm-hmm. you know thrashing all of the right. assassins they're all seventh degree martial artists that's right that's right yeah but this this conference is not going to teach you how to be a seventh degree martial artist it's going to teach you how to be strong spiritually strong strong in the right kind of way that's too bad because i, I would have gone but now i'm not <laughs> All right, Mary, let's get back uh, to our discussion. We Right before break, we talked about emotions, and, mm-hmm. and I don't think we were done talking about that. There's so much to say. I know. There's so much to say about emotions. And, you know, Bill, I think for women also, it really helps to process emotions with others because we can our, our perspective can be so off. And I think God gives us community and Christian community for a reason. And I know that a number of times when I have taken my emotions and they've been all over the map or have been discouraged and just verbalizing that to a Christian sister and speaking to her and just having her bring some perspective into it, maybe ask some questions or just to speak truth and to speak God's truth into my life helps immensely. And so I think that we we don't need to go through this struggle alone. And I think for women as as well, there are so many other things that impact us in terms of emotions. I mean, we have that time of the month. We have um, our hormonal changes when we, uh, the you know, girls, when they go into puberty and then, and then uh, childbirth, childbearing, and you have your, your, your uh, postpartum depression sometimes that, that women deal with. Um, and there's so many things in our bodies that actually impact our emotions in a way that is different than for men. They don't deal with it quite in the same way. So it's so helpful to be able to have um, the Christian community and to be able to go and talk to girlfriends and and to be able to say, this is what I'm feeling. Um, this is my desires, my heart. I'm just, you know, this is where I'm struggling. And to have them pray with us, to look to the word of God with us, to bring our emotions in line with truth and to say, let's, let's, let's take this, take a look at it, examine it, bring it to the word of God and ask God to help us deal with it. Mm -hmm. Mary, when, when you are doing some um, self identity forming as a younger woman and into young adulthood, do you think there are more, uh, more daggers out there than there were, you know, 20, 30 years ago? I think there have always been daggers, yeah. but there are so many more daggers. I yeah. was just watching a, a show on just uh, how, how people on the Internet just prey on these young girls. 
and there are those daggers and and just the the whole texting and how the bullying mm-hmm. that now can happen in schools and at very young ages and and is relentless and it, a lot of it is online and we never had that when I was a kid and mm-hmm. never had to put up with the online bullying and that's a whole new uh, thing that I think parents are now walking through this world is how do you even deal with it? How, how, you know, it's such a powerful force in our children's lives. And how do we teach them how to deal with it in a way that's godly and in a way where their identities are able to be founded and formed and grounded in the Word of God rather than an Instagram or Snapchat mm-hmm. or, you know, all the other uh, social media platforms. Uh, Mary, what about this little season in life where a woman maybe in her 40s or early 50s just gets hijacked and picks up and walks out on her family and kids? That's so prevalent now. I just got a comment from a listener. Just was wondering, I'd like to know how many other husbands are experiencing this. Yeah, yeah, it it is so prevalent now. It used to be the husbands, uh, you know, 20, 30, 40 years ago where it was primarily the husband's that initiated a divorce or walked out or left left a woman but uh that, that there's really been a cultural shift in that and i think a part of it is through the messages uh, that we receive about, oh, women need to be strong, and being strong means doing what's good for you, and if if your marriage isn't fitting for you, then do something about it and and walk away from it, or or go after your heart, follow your heart, and if you're having feelings for that other guy, well, then just indulge, because you deserve to be happy. And so the, the cultural messages, and a lot of them actually have to do with this cultural message of women being strong. The cultural messages that we're getting, um, you know, girls, be strong. And that's not necessarily, that's not a bad message, but the message that goes along with that is you are strong when you do what you want. Um, The Bible says you are strong when you have the strength to do what God wants. It's a whole different kind of strength. And so the strength of doing what you want, yeah, you're going to walk out of your marriage when it gets hard. You're going to, you're going to abandon uh, your relationship and your commitment when it gets hard and when it gets uncomfortable and when you don't doesn't feel great anymore when that uh, guy at the office starts making eyes at you and making you feel good and making your heart flutter. You, you'll go there because that 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 is what you want to do. You'll you'll let your emotions drive you in that in the wrong direction. And so this weekend we're going to be talking about being a strong woman, but strong in the right kind of way, because God does want his daughters to be strong. I mean, Proverbs 31, the, the ideal woman says she dresses herself with strength. She makes her arms strong and that strength is something that is highly desirable for women. And when Paul was talking about the women here in Ephesus, the reason he was calling them to task was because they were weak and they ought not to have been weak. He wanted to see women who were strong, but strong in the right kind of way. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm curious as to what you thought of the Super Bowl halftime show. Oh, yes. I mean, I'm sure you have a thought because right now we're in this this Me Too movement where we're not supposed to sexualize, you know, women. But then in Super Bowl, that's it was like a practically a strip show. It. I wasn't able to finish watching Super Bowl. I had to actually turn it off. I yeah. wasn't able to watch. But and and my my son, uh, my grown son, and my husband. Uh, my daughter-in-law, we were all watching it together, and they, they just immediately got up and walked out of the room. They just they, they didn't want to expose themselves to that. And here's the thing. I think that 
again, when it comes to strength and the whole idea of strength, the topic of strength, what has happened is throughout his, there was a cultural movement and the woman's movement started out by saying, you know, women are really in this weak position. We need to gain more strength. And you had your, your, you know, we need the right to vote. We need the right to name ourselves. We need the right to determine our careers and our choices. And as the whole philosophy of the women's movement evolved, you know, it was all, all on that women need to have the power and the right and the strength. But what, what happened was really called third wave feminism, I would call it that, is there was this twist that happened that said uh, sexuality, uh, we, we can be... Um, sexual women and expressing our sexuality is uh, an evidence of our strength. So, so hey, if guys can go out and have fairs, so can women. And if I am a strong woman, then I am a sexual woman and my sexuality is a sign of my strength. So I think some of that was like Super Bowl. That was ideology mm-hmm. that has come up over the last, uh, you know, 40, 50 years. The whole idea that we have the right to uh, name ourselves, the right to be strong and that whole idea that strength means taking hold of my sexuality and I can be as sexual as I want. Uh, and which is the whole Me Too movement right now. And I want to be careful how I say this, but the whole Me Too movement is I can be sexual. But if if, you know, if a guy makes the wrong move, it's his fault. Mm-hmm. And uh, and so there's 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 so much positive about the Me Too movement. Uh, but but there is an aspect of it where there's 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 a you know where where women are saying I can do whatever I want in terms of my behavior and and I have I I can have the strength to dress as sexually as I want and yet uh, when when men are um, respond to that in a way that's inappropriate then it's the man's fault. Mm-hmm. All right. Depression, anxiety, feeling stuck. How often do you hear that from women? Mm, so much. So much. Depression, anxiety, feeling stuck. And that's one of the marks here in Scripture of a weak woman is that she's never able to arrive. <laughs> she's feeling stuck. She's like spinning her tires. And, of course, you know, you in Minneapolis here in Minnesota, you will know what that means. Yeah. Yeah. Good um, illustration. Yeah. Yeah. Of just, of just, uh, you know, you're, you're pressing down on the gas and the tires are going, but you're not getting anywhere. And I think that a lot of women feel that in life. They feel I'm stuck. I'm not progressing. I'm not able to make life work. Everything's just so hard. Uh, I had so many expectations, so mm-hmm. many dreams, so many hopes, and now life has just gotten hard. And it's not what I thought it would be. And my dreams have been shattered. And I think that scripture speaks to that a lot. And I think sometimes uh, culture gives us these expectations of what our lives will be and does not equip us well to deal with the realities of life. Whereas the word of God says, you know what, I'm with you always. It says that, that in this world you will have many troubles and, but I've overcome the world is what Jesus says. And so to to learn to get unstuck, and again, that's a spiritual problem. You need mm-hmm. a spiritual solution. If you're going to take 
a spiritual problem and try and apply a solution that isn't a spiritual solution, you're never going to get unstuck. So if you're stuck, that's a spiritual problem, and you need to start looking for some spiritual solutions mm-hmm. to that problem. Mary, what about being lonely in a marriage? That's one of the saddest things. Uh, actually, in Proverbs, it, uh, it says that uh, you know one of the very saddest things in the world is a, is a woman who is lonely and she's married, a married woman who's lonely. And I see that a lot too, because we go into marriage and we think that, that uh, a man's going to meet all our needs and it's going to be our soulmate and the romance is going to be amazing. And, and then sometimes it just gets hard and it gets disappointing. And our men that we're married to are not perfect and they don't uh, meet our needs the way that we thought they would. Again, that's a spiritual problem, though. And uh, part of the problem is that we're looking to the man to meet our needs instead of looking to the Lord to meet our needs. Because there's no man on the face of this earth that is ever going to meet every one of your needs. Because the, even marriage itself was created by God as an image, as a picture, as a symbol to point to something beyond itself, and that is to our relationship with Jesus. And so it's meant to to point us in the right direction, but it is not what will fulfill our needs. Only the Lord can do mm-hmm. that. Mary, you are brilliant. Oh. I, I'm serious. I feel so lucky for the <laughs> ladies that will be attending this weekend oh. at Grace Church. Go to grace.church to learn more about the event Friday night and Saturday Mary Cassian will be the speaker and educator, and you're going to have a wonderful opportunity to really uh, find incredible spiritual strength, and especially um, from Mary and, of course, the Lord. So let me take a little break. I'll be right back. today. Mary Cassian is my guest in studio, and am I ever glad she's here. She's written a book called The Right Kind of Strong, Surprisingly Simple Habits of a Spiritually Strong Woman. She's a brilliant uh, author and speaker, but I like to think of her as just a regular old hockey mom. Oh, yeah. I am a hockey mom. I know you, you are. know I'm a hockey oh, mom. Oh, do I ever know you're a hockey I mom. I had three Don't get boys. Me started. I had three boys. Well... My middle child played hockey here in Minnesota. Matt. Matt. Matt Cassian, yep. professional hockey player, which yep. I watched him play for the Wild. Yeah, he was drafted second round by That's the Minnesota Wild. Yeah. 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 Are he we... still plays hockey. <laughs> I'm, sure <No>. he... <laughs> I'm sure he does. <laughs> and he's living in Canada as well, isn't he? Yeah, yeah, about five minutes away from, from us. Nice. I'd like mm-hmm. to get him on the show. Do you have any way you can help me with that? Absolutely. I've got a little bit of pull. Do you? Nice. Mm. I like yeah. that. Yeah. yeah. All right. How do uh, women of faith stand their ground in today's world? Women of faith standing their ground. And that's a really important thing, uh, standing your ground, because I think that that but it's not a new problem. I think that it's always been a temptation to not stand your ground and to be swayed by what's going on in culture. And I think that was one of the things that was going on in Ephesus. The women there were influenced by Greek culture 
and Greek culture, they loved learning. So new ideas, big thing, new ideas. Okay, so they didn't have TV. What they had was your local lecture hall. Mm-hmm. And so they'd go down to the local hall and listen to new ideas. And they'd listen to all these different uh, speakers. And some of them, you know, would rise up and become really popular, like the big booksellers. And, uh, and they'd be swayed by different ideas. And so the thing about... Uh, their culture that I think has impacted our culture. But the thing about Greek culture was they loved learning for the sake of learning and they loved ideas because it was a new idea. As soon as it was um, a new idea came along, they wanted to jump on the bandwagon because the old idea was just so, well, so yesterday. So they loved this whole process of having new ideas and, and you know, following the latest, greatest Greek philosopher that was coming up with all these great ideas. And I think that in our Christian world, and now especially in our blogosphere world, where we have the same sort of thing happening, we have these latest, greatest ideas, and we have these uh, people who are rising to popularity and prominence. And it is a huge temptation for women to just jump on the bandwagon and to start spouting out uh, spouting off the ideology that that whoever is the latest greatest um, is is espousing, and instead of standing their ground for what and knowing what they believe and standing on what they believe and standing firm on the word of God, just going off and following all the latest greatest thoughts. Mm-hmm. You you hid your your Canadian uh, heritage up until just now when you said process. What did I say? Process. Should I say process? No, should I say process? That's what we say. Us. Well, we can actually say either. Either or either. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So, Mary, what do you think of Eve? What do I think of Eve? Yeah. Like, I mean, I mean, like I, Adam and Eve? Yeah, Eve? that Eve. That Eve? Yeah, I mean, because I've heard, I think it was uh, John Elders talk about the curse of Eve. Like, regardless of what you have, it's not enough. Do you think women suffer from that? Well, I think because of sin we suffer from that. Okay. I think that Eve was deceived, so she had the wool pulled over her eyes. And I think that uh, that, that sin tends to do that. I mean, we, we're approached with these half-truths, and Eve was approached with these half-truths, and, and she fell for them. And so she was deceived and, she, yeah, wanted more. And, uh, you know, you can be more, you can have more. This is wonderful. You can have the, it's greater knowledge. And so she, she fell for it and she, she fell for that. And I think that, that, yeah, I think that women today and men today also, but I think that the, women, because we're so relational, when somebody comes to us with a new idea and they're talking to us and there's a relational aspect to it, and we're going, yeah, yeah, that's great. And you want to, um, you want to accept the idea, you want to accept, you want to engage with the idea. And especially when, when it holds such promise, when the idea is like, oh, you're going to get more than you had before. And uh, and I think that's where a lot of women are, are going off the tracks because even when they're being tempted with things like, well, you know, um, this guy is going to offer you more than that other guy did or this way of thinking is going to offer you more than that other way of thinking or uh, this form of entertainment is just so much better. And so, um, but but those are... Very similar to what um, Eve was tempted with. 
Mm-hmm. I think Rebecca's got one more question in the tank. Yeah. Well, you just inspired me, Bill. Oh, good. Um, I'm not sure if it's if it's related to the idea of Eve and wanting more and not being satisfied and then not being happy when our eyes are opened to the truth, but I think there is a cry among many women that they don't feel like they are enough, that they should be more, that what we have to offer isn't enough, or if I try and it's not 110% or somebody else did it better, then I'm a failure. Mm. And so desiring that we would be more than we are or that we are not enough. And mm. I'm, I'm guessing that you maybe see some of that, Mary, and I'm wondering what your thoughts are on that. Maybe maybe it's just me, but I don't think that it is. No, Rebecca, and is I, that also the comparison game? I was just going to say that. I was just going to say that, that that is the comparison game. And I think think that our culture has really uh, grabbed hold of that. I think there's always been the comparison game. But now we have Pinterest and we have, uh, you know, Facebook and we have Instagram and we have all those things where the comparison game becomes even bigger and we we just the inadequacies that we feel when we look at those things and go I am not enough and I am not who I ought to be my career doesn't look the way I want it to look my kids aren't perfect Uh, they don't have you know my marriage isn't the way I want my marriage to be I'm not um, as talented I can't make all those cute little Pinterest crafts the way my girlfriends can make them. <laughs> Look what they did. I can't bake bread and knit and sew and uh, be the CEO of a corporation and, you know, be the next uh, Marie Curie of, you know, nuclear science. I need to do all of this. And I think that, that our culture gives that expectation for women. And in fact, I think that the pressure to be it all and to be superwoman and to have it all and all at the same time is is uh, very strong for women. And so I, I, I don't think there are very many women who don't struggle with that and who don't struggle with that idea of, I'm not enough. I can't do it all. I can't have my life together because we're supposed to be everything. And again, I think that that is a spiritual problem. And until we take those things and comparison and our um, perhaps even envy and jealousy and all of the emotions, inadequacies that, that come in the comparison game, and until we take that to the Word of God and dig in to discover what God has to say and what truth is, and then to to apply that to our lives. I think we're we don't have much hope of winning that game. Mm-hmm. Talk about uh, women and insecurities. Well, that's part of it, right? The the mm-hmm. comparison game yeah. and insecurities, and I think that uh, insecurities are are I mean, that's the human condition. Uh, I mean, we I think everybody feels insecurities, and and I think that those. Insecurities often where we are we are um, trained or we are told that we can overcome those insecurities through self-talk and through self-counseling and through just telling ourselves how wonderful we are and telling ourselves how great we are and that we can do it and having a can-do spirit and a can-do attitude. But ultimately, I think that that's going to fall short and that we'll miss the mark. I think that until we get to the place, and, and this, is, this is part of being strong, and I think this is perhaps the biggest part of being strong, is until we get to the place of going, 
I am not all things. I cannot be all things, and I do not need to be all things. All I need to have is a Savior who is all things. Until I get to that point, I will not find an answer to my insecurities. Mm -hmm. All right, Mary, I want to spend the last uh, minute here talking about the event on Friday and Saturday. Mm -hmm. So just remind our listeners... The event is at Grace Church in Eden Prairie, and it will be, uh, there's a a leadership event in the afternoon, uh, which you are all welcome to come to if you are involved in any capacity, any form of leadership, whether that's Sunday school teacher or in your business world or any any type of leadership position that you are in, you're welcome to come in the afternoon. And then in the evening, Friday evening and all day Saturday, we'll be doing some uh, three different teaching sessions. There will be a panel discussion. There's going to be all sorts of great information, great girlfriend time, and lots of growing, lots of learning. And again, the topic is how to be a strong woman. You can register ahead of time. You can register right now if you want to pick up your phone or go to your computer, go to gather, or I'm sorry, grace.church, or you can even just walk in at the door. Mary, you're brilliant. Thank you once again for being here. Mary Cassian has been my guest. You can go to her website, marycassian.com. Thanks for listening tonight. Have a great night. I'll see you tomorrow. Mm -hmm.